Welcome to the Milestone Church Podcast. We're excited for you to join us for our series, Faith Sees, as we look at what the Bible has to say about your future from God's perspective. Enjoy this week's message. I want to welcome all of you to our new series entitled Faith Sees. Faith Sees. It's going to be a great series. And this week we're going to get it kicked off. If you have your Bibles, you have a mobile device, I'm going to be putting the scriptures on the screen as well. I'm going to ask you to turn to our theme verse, 2 Corinthians 5, 7. And this week I'm going to show you a great story out of Numbers chapter 13. We're going to start in verse 27. We're just coming off of an Easter like no other, an Easter that's different than any other Easter that I've ever been a part of. And I have to tell you, I still miss the gathering, the fellowship, the shaking of hands and all that goes with that. And I truly believe that that's going to come back to where we can gather together because the Bible tells us to forsake not the assembling of ourselves together. There's something when the church gathers, and I can't tell you how long all of that's going to take, but we will gather again because it's transformational. But I do want to say thank you to all of you because you've been using your digital influence, if you will, to invite your friends, and people are hungry. They're looking for an answer. They're looking for hope. And because of you, we're able to continue to share the message of Jesus. And we had multiple people come to know Jesus Christ. We had five times as many people as we would expect to have watching us online over our Easter services. And I heard about a young girl who had been quarantined at home with her parents. I believe a young adult who came to Christ I heard about a 50-year-old man who was involved in a totally different religious activity that did not name the name of Jesus who accepted Christ, and multiple stories of people who connected, who text in prayer requests that we believe many times many of those people are going to come to know Jesus in the coming days. And so thank you so much for being who you are, even in a digital world. You show people spiritual family, authenticity, and intentionality. And we've continued to do this through this crisis because of your generosity. Thank you for being faithful in your generous giving because it's given us the opportunity to continue to take care of hundreds of seniors and help them with groceries and deliveries. And thank you to all the volunteers that are helping with that, doctors and medical professionals, uh, as we're being able to, to bless them and help them in so many different ways. We filled up our second two slots or days or trucks for blood drive. That'll be three of those now. So thank you for being faithful with that. I had a chance to reach out and minister to our business leaders this week. And so in multiple different ways, even in a digital world, a quarantine world, you are continuing to be the hands and feet of Jesus in ways in which you can, and we're going to continue to do so. I usually at the end of Easter coming into that next week, I teach on the family. And I know sometime this year we'll come around to it because I have a heart for your family, your marriage, your kids. But I just began to get a stirring as I began to pray for you. And I began to think about how important it is to understand this biblical principle of how God reveals himself to us. And so I just started thinking about how we see our current reality 
how we see our current situation. In fact, your situation may have something to do with the COVID-19 crisis or it, it may just be life that's come your way. And either way, here's my question. What if you could see your situation from a totally different perspective, from a totally different vantage point? I found something a little bit humorous, kind of like the owl. When you look at the owl, you would think it is a little nice, plump, fluffy little creature with just feet down there. And yet you may not be aware of this, that then you look at the owl from a different perspective and you see, look, look at the owl now, totally different vantage point. It's kind of like me. I like to tell my kids, look, I'm not fat, I'm fluffy, okay? Kind of like a big man. Look, don't ever ask a big man if he lost weight. He just got a darker jacket, all right? So how you see your situation not only impacts how you handle the reality that you're dealing with, how you handle it emotionally, how you make better decisions in the middle of your situation, but also who you become on the other side of your situation is totally impacted by how you see the situation. And we're gonna have an anchor verse that we're gonna go to over the next few weeks. And this is our thought. And that is 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, that we live by faith and not by sight. To be fair to the context, the Apostle Paul is talking about the reality of the fact that we are created to be eternal beings and that the truth is that we are created by God to live in fellowship with him eternally. And yet the context of the verse speaks about this understanding that we serve an eternal God and we have the opportunity through the person of Jesus Christ, if you put your faith and trust in him, to live in fellowship and relationship with God for all eternity. The reality is that statement really is a statement out of the Bible inspired by the Holy Spirit that I believe is a statement in scripture that really brands and tags so much of what the Bible is all about. So much of what the heart of God for us really is all about. And so we're gonna talk about that over the next few weeks. And so you say, okay, what is this series all about? What are we talking about? Faith sees, is that biblical? Well, well, how do you have a close relationship with God? Some of you during this quarantine time, you know, I mean, wouldn't it be tragic if you go through all of this difference in season and time and pressure and you come out of it the same way? That you don't have a deeper relationship with God, a deeper intimacy with God, because it's not just experience that makes you different, it's what you do in the situation, what you do in the experience. It, it's how you respond to it. And whether you surrender yourself to allow God to do something in you. And I know for a lot of people, they're like, that seems so difficult to have a close relationship with God. A.W. Tozer said, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. And I would say this, a close relationship with God is impacted by how you see God. What's he like? Does he wanna have a relationship with you? Can we see things in our lives from God's perspective? Is that really possible? You're gonna see in this series that it is possible and you're gonna actually see that scripturally over and over, God has gone to great lengths to help us see things from his perspective. 
And so we don't have to live in such a way we go, I wonder what God's thinking about all of this. I wonder what God wants to do with my life. We don't have to live stuck and paralyzed wondering what God's up to. Now, we never have the full picture of God's vantage point, but he does reveal to us his heart, his nature, his intention for us. So we can trust him. How, how do you make it through all the fear and the crisis and things going on? In a message by Charles Spurgeon, he said this, faith then is actually the eye of the believer's soul. That it shows us that our faith and what we put our trust in and the way we view our God actually becomes the lens that affects the deepest part of who we really are. And so I believe even, and though I believe we will gather again and we will worship again and, and we'll be together and all of these things that we enjoy, I believe it's all gonna happen, but I do believe, and I'm, I'm not in any way dismissing any of that because it's scriptural and biblical, but one thing I will say is that God can deepen what's going on on the inside of you if you will allow him to so that some of these things that God uses, our worship team in, in you being present physically or even a message physically or the physical interaction with someone, that, that, that those things, though they are there to strengthen you and to encourage you at the end of the day, the depth and strength that you carry in your life comes from your own lens of faith toward God. So we're going to go and we're going to see how important this is this first week. And we're going to look at multiple examples throughout the series. But in Numbers 13 that I ask you to turn to, I believe if you're going to talk about perspective, you're going to talk about eyes of faith. And if the eyes influence the soul and it's important, what a great anchor story. Some of you may have heard it before to show you how big this is how huge it is to where God wants to take you and how important it is to see it from his perspective and from his vantage point. In Numbers chapter 13, verse 27, we're gonna pick up a story that's been going on for some time. In fact, it's the children of Israel and they are such a key part in God's overall plan and strategy and of course, ultimately leading up to Jesus. But we just celebrated Easter and that comes from the very beginning of their deliverance part of the Easter story in that Jesus was celebrating Passover with his disciples and we shared that as we did a Good Friday service and we took communion. But the first Passover was the latter part of several plagues that came in that moment where the children of Israel had been in captivity and in bondage to a tyrannical leader called Pharaoh. And God began to send these plagues to deal with Pharaoh's heart. And it was part of the process as he raised up Moses to lead them out of this bondage and slavery that they've been in. And the final plague was that the angel of death would pass over the houses of the people in that time period and in that moment. But if there was blood on the doorpost of the house, then he would pass over and he would not harm anyone there, that angel of death. But if there was not blood from a sacrificial lamb on the doorpost of the house, then the firstborn child would be taken, which is all a picture of Jesus, our sacrificial Passover lamb. You say, okay, what's going on there? Well, God's starting the process. By the way, I think it's very interesting that from what I can tell, the first time 
the people of Israel, the children of Israel, if you will, the Jewish people had been under house quarantine since Passover was this Passover. But it's still a picture of God's deliverance. And so in his faithfulness, and he takes care of them and Moses leads them. And ultimately they, the, the Pharaoh says, you can leave and they take off and there's millions of them and they're journeying along and he parts the Red Sea and he swamps these Egyptian leaders and army and he takes care of them. And then now they're out on the other side and they're supposed to be all along headed toward the promised land. Did you know God's not only taking you out of one thing, he's always taking you to something else. But in the middle of it, a lot of times it's how we respond to it. I'm gonna show you why this is important. And so they, they go out into this place where they're, they're, they're there, they need, they need to be provided for, they, they need food. Well, did you know God brings food from heaven called manna? He supplies quail for them. He supplies the resources that he takes care of them. He even is so, it is so important for him to reveal himself to them and to lead them and direct them. He was as a pillar of cloud, a, cloud, a, a pillar of fire, leading them. And if they just kept following him, he was leading them to this moment. So why is it important for us to understand that is in this story and in this whole Bible and in anyone who's willing to open their eyes to it, God has a good track record. God has a great resume. He is a faithful God unto all generations. And so he's been faithful with them. And now to the moment we're about to read, they come up to the place where this is God's intention for them, that they would not just be delivered from slavery, but they would possess what he has for them. This land that would be theirs, this promised land. They come up to that place. Moses takes from each of the different tribes, the 12 tribes of Israel, he selects 12 men. And he tells them, go into the promised land some people call it spies. They weren't really on some kind of reconnaissance mission in terms of some kind of secret CIA intelligence of some sort. That they were really there just evaluating, just seeing what it was. So these spies, if you will, these investigators, these, these preceding guys go out there and they, they go and they look and they, they see that it's great. In fact, we're going to read that in a minute. He said, bring back some fruit. And they brought back actually that fruit and Look though, this is, I'm talking about face seas. Look at what happened. They come back and they gave Moses this account. We went into the land which you sent us and it does flow with milk and honey. It does. So they're saying, look, it, it is what God said it would be. Here is its fruit. So they brought back some of the fruit. But listen to this. But the people who live there are powerful. Notice how what they're seeing, what their emotions are being affected by, it becomes even bigger as they describe it. The people who live there are powerful. The cities are fortified. They're very large. And it says, we even saw descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites live in the Negev. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amurites, they live in the hill country. We don't know if they even saw all of these people but they've heard about all these people. They're describing all of these people. Near the sea, it says here, the Canaanites live along the Jordan. Then Caleb, listen, silenced the people before Moses and said, okay, he heard the report. We should go up and take possession of the land 
for we certainly can do it. But the men who had gone up with him said, we can't attack those people. They're stronger than we are. And they spread this word among the Israelites, this bad report about the land they had explored. And they said this, the land we explored devours those living in it. And all the people we saw, notice what they saw. Look how what they're seeing is influenced by their emotions and their feelings. What we saw, they're, they're, they're of great size. We saw the Nephilim. And, and you say, what are those people? They're the descendants of Anak. This is what they were talking about that come from the Nephilim. This is like saying we saw the boogeyman. It's mentioned a couple of times, very seldom in scripture, but literally like, like, like a, a demonic mixture of man kind of demonic thing without being weird. It's kind of like what we might say is we saw a Sasquatch there. We saw, saw something off of a, a horror film there. So now it's moved from, I don't know if we can do it, to now it's even in their minds, even bigger as they share it. And it's just even out, out, it's stretched beyond even comprehension. It says this, we seem like grasshoppers. This is such a key verse. We seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes. So it's how they saw themselves in light of the promise of God. This is not self-actualization. This is not self-psychology. It's not training oneself to see oneself positively. It's seeing yourself in light of what God has said. Because they didn't see themselves in light of what God said, they saw themselves as grasshoppers in their own eyes, and we look the same to them. We look the same to them. What are we learning from this story? What's happening here? Well, you say, well, what happened? Well, the negative report from 10 spies caused the people to complain and say, let's raise up a leader. This is crazy. After all of God's miracles, after all of God's faithfulness to them, let's go back to Egypt, they said. We just want to go back to where we were. And God gets upset with this situation and he says, you're not going to be allowed to enter into the promised land. And this group of people wandered around for a long period of time, he said, except for Caleb and Joshua, because they see it properly. Now let's break down what's happening here so that we can apply it in our own lives. What you see and what influences what you see impacts what you feel and what you feel will dictate how you act. See, that's what the Bible is saying when we walk by faith, we walk by the lens of what God's word says, what his promises are, our identity being in him. And what happens is when we do that, when we choose what God says, it impacts our feelings to align with what God says, which becomes our motivation to please him, which changes how we act. Did you know we are a group of people, human beings have always been this way, we are a group of people who feel deeply. You say, I just wish I could change. You know how to change? Change what you look at. Change what you focus on. Change what you see. This is why dreams are so powerful. You know why? Because dreams, you see it as reality in the moment. I, I don't know if I've been having quarantine dreams, but the other night I had a dream that I was preaching like I am right now. And I I forgot what I was going to say and there I was and, and I was talking and I was just like all these people had come back to the church and I just had all this, this ah, and I've been preaching since I was a very young guy. Although it has happened before what I said, 
don't forget, this is the most important point, and then I forgot what it was. I did that one time. But anyway, I, I just remembered the feeling, and I woke up anxious, and it was all fake. But why? Because in your dreams, you see something which makes you have those anxious feelings. You say, well, I just don't know if I can change. I don't know if I can not be afraid. You can if you change what you see. You change what you focus on. And so what you have to start learning to do is realize the Bible is there many times to contradict what you naturally look at and what you naturally feel. So when you feel like isolating, you probably should at this point get on a Zoom small group. When you feel like isolating, you probably should connect with someone else. When you feel like I have to connect, I have to connect, maybe God's saying, I'm trying to teach you how to spend time with me and find your relationship and fellowship with me. When you feel like holding on, many times the best thing to do is to live open-handed. I heard something just blew my mind. Our missions director told me this week that one of our young adults got their stimulus check and gave it to a single mom to pay her rent. I bet in this fearful moment, that'd be crazy for a young adult to look that way, but maybe God was prompting some of that. Here's the point. What you see dictates how you feel, and we do a lot of times what we feel strongly about in our conscience. Here's three ways, I wanna give it to you, three ways God's perspective influences your life. We're gonna learn this throughout this series. Number one, Anyone can see where you've been. Anybody can look back and see where we've been. But it takes the eyes of faith to help us see where God's taking us. Eyes of faith, they help you to see where God's taking you. They help you to see it from God's perspective. See, it's normal to be afraid. It's normal to be negative. It's normal, but it's less normal and more extraordinary, did you know majority, 10 of these explorers and spies saw it this way, only two saw the challenge as an opportunity. There's really only two choices in life. You're either gonna see it from the natural perspective. See, in the natural, they both saw the natural. But in the spiritual realm, they, they saw two totally different things. There's only two choices, to do it What's said in the natural to let fear overtake you, to let your own self, your own strength, your own ability, what you can do, or choose to say, I'm going to see from God's perspective. I had a phone call with several hundred of our business leaders this week, and I just encouraged them that as we've built a spiritual family, as we help one another, we walk with one another, I just encouraged them with what I see God doing in them and how he's working through them and how they're choosing to represent Christ. See, in crisis moments, people who have the perspective of God, everyone looks to because it's so abnormal. To have hope, to have confidence. It doesn't mean that we don't say, okay, they are fortified cities, but, but God said that he wants to take us there. And so I wanna encourage you with that as well. Whatever, wherever your post is, whether you're in an active sector of what's going on with hospitals or other things, or whether you're homeschooling children or you're a young adult or you've had to come home from college, it doesn't matter. You have a choice to make. You have a choice to say, God, what are you saying? What are you doing? 
I wanna cooperate with that or I can choose to see it in the natural. Here's a principle we're gonna learn throughout this series and that is this, what you look at, you get full of. The purpose of the Bible is to reveal to us the God that truly is God. And ultimately, the purpose of the Bible leads us as the types and shadows and pictures of the Old Testament lead us to the ultimate revelation of who God is, and that's the person of Jesus Christ. And it's amazing, and you're going to see this pattern throughout Scripture, amazing the lengths God's gone to to say to us, you can trust me, you can trust me. And yet, here are these children of Israel who have seen seas part, manna fall from heaven. Some people say, well, if God were to do some of this stuff, well, I'd finally trust him. Not necessarily, because they saw it all and still chose to focus on the negative report. Can I encourage you with this? Jesus said, and we're gonna unpack this throughout this series, the lamp of the body is the eye. If the eye's clear, the whole body is full of light. And Jesus over and over said, do you have ears to hear? Do you have eyes to see? You say, what does that mean? Because I hear so many people saying, don't panic. Don't, don't go. See, we're kind of lingering in this thing. And I'll be transparent with you. It's kind of like, okay, I'm kind of past the novelty of it. I, I'm kind of like, I've had a few melancholic days where it's just like, okay, look, I want to be with my team. I want to go back. Okay. So, so we're kind of past the novelty of it. And, and everybody's like, don't panic. Don't get depressed. Don't be afraid. Well, that's great to hear, but you're like, what do you do? Well, here's what you have to do. You have to look at the right things. You have to begin to look to the word of God. You have to look to the nature of God. You have to look to ways to be thankful for what God has done in your life. And you have to start resting in and being confident in, he's taking me somewhere. He's taking me to the place he's called me to. Here's number three, this is so important. Your, your perspective influences your relationships and the people you care about. You, you, you attract what you are, not what you want. Have you ever noticed how all the doomsday negative people all end up in the same camp? It just, they find each other. Negative people find each other. People that say, I, I'm not sitting here denying this is difficult, this is painful, this is reality. He had to lay people off. These people got sick. One of my pastor friends, a nurse in his church, she passed away from the coronavirus and he's just struggling with how to handle it. And Look, this is real. But we're going to choose to stay hopeful, not in what we see in the natural, because anybody can see what's in the natural, but hopeful in what's God doing in the supernatural realm. Did you realize these 10 spies created a culture of being stuck and wandering in the wilderness for years? They influenced millions. I think we underestimate sometimes how our perspective influences people around us. Did you know you can influence your spouse? You can influence your kids. You can influence your team members. You can influence people around you. And I want to encourage you with this. There are people looking for someone who has hope right now and has an answer. Pressure does not create anything. It only reveals what you actually are. It reveals where you put your hope. You know, this story continues though. This group of people are going to wander, but I go back to a moment in my life when I was in a very challenging transition. 
You know, I, I've been a pastor through 9-11 with, with the congregation of people. I remember when that happened. The 08-09 challenges with the recession. But probably for me personally was early, early in ministry as a pastor, 25 years ago, where I was at a real transition where even some of the things I'm sharing with you, these are not just, it's not just a story on the page. It's what I'm hoping will happen with you through this series. It moves from just information on a page to revelation for you. This is when it became revelation for me. I've, I've heard the story in Sunday school as a kid. In fact, I'd get mad at the children of Israel. And the older I got, the more I realized I'm a lot like them a lot of times. But I'd heard the story over and over, but in that moment of challenge and transition and crisis and stuff I was going through, it, it just, these words jumped off the page. In fact, I'll show you my Bible there. This is my study Bible that I read every day that my wife gave me when we got engaged. And I read that story and I wrote these words in the margin of my Bible, a man who will not speak God's message there. The challenge that he gives to take God's promised land will wander in misery. Aren't you thankful for God's revelation? Because I'm just a person just like you. We all would naturally head down the wrong path and take the negative report and be afraid. But those words, that's my actual Bible. You know what, God? I'm not doing real great right now on the, in the natural. It doesn't look great. But if I go down, I'm going down with you. And I believe what I'm experiencing today happened in that moment, along with multiple other, but 25 years ago. You know what? I'm going to stay with God's word. I'm going to stay with what God asked us to speak. And I'm going to stay on the side of the two, Joshua and Caleb, less than the negative report. And I'm just going to stand on what God says. And that, and that cost me a lot at that moment. But you know what? It was transformational for me. So much so that I named my son Caleb because of what you saw written in my Bible. And I actually wrote that down. I want to give you that verse here for just a minute. Look at this verse of scripture though. Numbers 14 says, no one has treated, who has treated me with contempt will ever see it. Talking about the promised land. But because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land he went to and his descendants will inherit it. So he's saying, all of these people are going to wander, but Joshua and Caleb, I'm going to give them the opportunity to go in. You know what I want for you? The same thing that I want for my son. The same, I want you to enter into that next thing God has for you. Again, we only have two options. Either we believe the negative report, we wander in misery, or we actually believe that maybe what I'm facing now could be part of what God's doing to take me to that next place. Maybe if you've been temporarily furloughed or your job situation or the circumstance you're in, maybe right now in the natural it looks bad, but maybe it's God positioning you for something he has planned for you. Maybe what you're facing right now looks very bad, but God's using that. And here's what he's asking of you. Just trust me. Just trust me. Just keep your eyes on my promises. You say, what do we do practically, Pastor Jeff? We keep our eyes on the promise of God and we turn down the news, we turn down the negativity, we turn down all of our feelings. We actually go against our feelings. We, we go against them. We turn down those things and we turn up the promises of God. 
He wants us to see our present situation from his perspective. And to do that is to see it through eyes of faith. I want to pray for you right now. Father, I pray for every person listening to me that, Lord, you would. This this goes outside of my words because I can't do it. I'm just sharing your word. But you can make this not just information, but revelation. And when it becomes revelation, it changes us. It changes how we live. It changes how we feel. It changes what we see. It changes what we focus on. It changes how we relate to others. It impacts lives and it impacts our future. So Lord, we're asking you, we yield ourselves to you. Give us eyes of faith. Give us your perspective in Jesus' name. I want to take this opportunity for all of you that are watching me online now. Some of you here, you say, I want this understanding of this person, Jesus Christ. And to do that, it's very simple. You say, to have this person, Jesus Christ, in my life who can change my future, can change my present, can change who I am, then all you have to do is just say yes to Jesus. Right where you are. In the middle of this situation, it may be the thing God uses to be the moment where he speaks to you and you right there can just say, Jesus, come into my life. I surrender my life to you. I give myself to you. I confess you as my Lord and Savior. Become my Jesus. You make it your words. Jesus, become my Jesus, my Lord and Savior. I believe you died for me and you rose from the dead. And if you prayed that prayer with me, I'm gonna ask you to text to that number, meet Jesus. It's the most important decision that you'll ever make. You'll never regret it. Meet Jesus. And I have a resource that I want to give you so that you can start learning how to walk out your newfound faith. Second of all, though, I want to pray for some of you that are dealing with challenges. Maybe it's COVID-19 related. Maybe it's just life. I've been in the chat rooms there and seen the challenges and praying for family members and illnesses. Because life still goes on. And I pray, Lord, right now, One, you're a miracle-working God, and you can show up and perform miracles. But one of the things I pray right now, Lord, is that you would adjust our focus to begin to see your goodness, your greatness, your trustworthiness, and your faithfulness. And Lord, as we begin to anchor ourselves to your nature, it changes us, and it changes our world and our situation. We, Lord, don't just want to go through this. I'm praying this for all of you. I'm praying this for me too. We don't want to just go through it. We want to grow through it. We want you to do in us everything you want to do to prepare us for the next steps you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. I'll see you next week as we continue with another great story from the Bible about how faith sees. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If there's anything we can do for you or help you in your walk with Jesus, please don't hesitate to reach out by texting us at 817-406-7470. Our team would love to pray with you and help in any way that we can. If you found this podcast helpful, leave a review on the podcast app or your favorite podcast platform. We hope you have a great week.